This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths. Enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. I woke up hot and sweaty in the middle of a sweltering August night. I could not get back to sleep, so I decided to go downstairs to get a drink of water. Halfway down, I heard voices and whispers. First, my mother's, then a strange man's. Startled, I stopped, sat down in the dark on the worn attic steps, and listened. I couldn't make out everything they said because my mother was crying. I had never heard her cry. I leaned forward, hoping to hear more. They're coming to take the kids away tomorrow, she said. I shivered in spite of the heat. Questions tumbled through my seven-year-old mind. Who was coming? Was I one of the kids? Why were they taking us? Where were they taking us? The hushed voices continued, but fear forced me back to bed. All thoughts of my original purpose for getting out of bed had vanished and been replaced with terror. I tossed and turned for hours before I fell asleep. I woke up early, my room still dark. I wanted to tell my four sisters and five brothers, who shared the attic with me, what I had heard the previous night. But if I repeated it, it would be true, not some awful nightmare. So I kept silent. On that fateful day in 1955, my world changed forever, writes Donna. Valeria Tellez interviews Donna Rhodes, the author of How the Woman at the Well Became the Well Woman a memoir of an extraordinary, ordinary life. Donna Rhodes is a trained speaker, published author, and a certified life coach and personality trainer. She has also written for newspapers, magazines, websites, and for story compilation books. She's the author of How the Woman at the Well Became the Well Woman. Donna teaches Bible studies and is on the woman's leadership team at her church. Donna received her certification in biblical counseling from the American Association of Christian Counselors, Donna received her life coach training from the Professional Christian Counseling and Coaching Academy in 2007. As a Bible study teacher, she has taught at West Hills Community Church in West Hills, California for four years and Community Bible Church in Eastleigh, SC for four years. She was also a retreat leader at the Billy Graham Training Center. She has spoken at the Christian Communicators Conference Training, the Hope Floats Women's Conference, MOPS Moms Meetings, the Colors of His Love Conference, and local churches. Donna has been happily married for the past 36 years to Denver. Together, they have eight children, 14 grandchildren, and six great-grandchildren. Her passion is sharing hope for the hopeless, even if they have to borrow hope from her story, until they find their own. Her happy places are her family, traveling, gourmet cooking, and playing with her dog, Penny. Meet Donna at onewellwoman.com. Here's the interview with Donna Rhodes.
in your own words, who is Donna Rhodes? Well, in my own words, I would say I'm an ambassador. I'm a sharer by nature. When I find something in my life uh, that improves it or enlightens me, uh, I have great joy in sharing with others. Um, I'm a learner. I would say that I'm a disciple. I'm a truth seeker. And I think all else that falls under my life would be under that banner. So a wife, a mother, a grandmother, a stepmother, a great-grandmother, an author, a life coach, a personality trainer, all those things kind of fall under my basic, I'm an ambassador. When it comes to sharing love, sharing these lessons, when did you find out that you had this calling to share these messages? I think it was when my life changed. It was so dramatic. There was such a dramatic shift in my life that it was almost involuntary. It was, it welled up in me and it made such a difference in my life that I wanted other people to experience it and to know that there can be tremendous change, even if you're handed challenges. And I often wonder what it takes for us to change or to shift a lot of times. Do you believe that suffering is often the greatest catalyst of the teacher? Or we can learn these lessons, we can shift without these harsh experiences? In my own life, it was definitely suffering, but blessing also changed me. And so it was a mixture of both. The suffering, I think I I continued to seek because it hurt so much to be in that place that I was looking for a way out. And then once I experienced something completely different, that also changed me in a very good way. You also mentioned being a truth seeker, and you just mentioned again a seeker. Can we find the truth, Donna, at some point? Do you believe that there is a destination to truth? Oh, I do. Um, And I think I'm so passionate about it because I had been lied to, and the lies led me to be controlled by unlove. And that was very painful. And so truth to me set me free. What is that truth that you have found? The truth of unconditional love that I had value, that um, I was accepted, that I belonged. And that wasn't my experience. So when I found that, it was something that released in me a desire for more. That's interesting to hear that we cannot always trust our experiences, right? Because they're not always true. Right. Yes. (laughs) That has been my path, too. Mm. So when it comes to finding the truth, I wonder if that is also an experience or perhaps not. How would you describe being in contact, direct contact with that truth. Is that still an experience or something else? 
I think it is an experience, but it is also knowledge. If you, if you haven't come to that knowledge, if it hasn't come into your life, if you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. And until you come to that place, then you don't know what that is. What I wonder, I mean, this moment, what comes to me is that um, I often try to talk to my family members about these things that I, we talk here on the podcast, which is all about unconditional love and spiritual knowledge. But I see that some people around me, they are not open to it. And then kind of for a second, it triggers me to doubt that knowledge that is here with me. What do you suggest people like myself do do we stop actually trying to it's not even trying for me it's kind of expressing what i know to be true and then i can't really help it but just talk mm -hmm. about these things around everyone it makes me sad immediately and then it feels like like a sense of doubt kind of sets in and sadness i think it's more sadness than doubt mm -hmm. so my question is how do you navigate this reality is sharing these powerful and deep truth about life and, and spiritual knowledge to those who are not yet there. They can't yet understand these things. I think understanding that to begin with, that you really do need eyes to see, that gives me patience. Um, it gives me hope that maybe someday they will. And the confidence that I have and what has happened in my own life, I have said that if I had lost a leg and it had grown back, I wouldn't have been as surprised as what has happened in my life and in my heart. So the confidence that I have in my relationship um, with love, that that is what I bring with me and and try to, in any way that I can, share it. Uh, but everybody that knows me knows yeah. Yeah. That what I what <laughs> I believe. And so I just I just try to be me. And I think a lot of the reasons people are the way that they are and not receiving this wonderful unconditional love and belonging is because they've heard so many things that aren't true. They've heard about anger and they've heard about how bad they are or whatever. And they're like blocked off. And who? I think sometimes we've been given the wrong message. We're giving the wrong thing. And so people are a little bit, eh, this is, or the other part is people go overboard and then it's, not real it's it's not the reality and it's like oh I don't want to be like that <laughs> so there's this balance of just bringing into the presence of others who you really are and then you know prayerfully I hope they are drawn because of what is in me I know you mentioned in your book and on your website you have a relationship with God yes. this is religion right Donna do you consider yourself a spiritual person or a religious person I don't believe I'm religious um, I believe that I am spiritual what where and who is God to you so 
what God is my father, where he is in me, he is love, he is my safe place, he is my everything. The other question I have is about description of love. How do you describe love? Oh, that's a very good question. <laughs> love, I think there are different loves. So I think there's love between a man and a woman, and that's one description and one way that love is manifested. Mother and child, I think friendship. And then I think with godly love, it is a receiving. It is a receiving of all that we need to live this life. So the audience can understand that a little bit better in myself. Does it have something to do with trust? Oh, definitely trust. That's a big issue. <laughs> And I think when I first started a relationship with God, that Trust was a big issue for me. And so he was very gentle with me. And my I needed for him to show me that he could be trusted. And when I opened my heart to receive what I needed, that and he gave it to me. And the He's always giving, always giving. And you're right, it's hard. It's it's much easier to give than it is to receive a gift. Um, and so receiving, and it was it's a relationship. And a relationship just doesn't blossom into full floral beauty. It it takes growth and back and forth and getting and taking. And so it was a a growth process into the relationship that I learned to trust. So it is a process in a way, right, Donna? It doesn't yeah. happen overnight, unfortunately. Right. right. <laughs> it takes time, right? Yes. How amazing, because it seems like it would be much easier, right, to receive than give. Mm -hmm. But it's not the case for most of us. No. Yeah. Mm -mm. It was certainly my case, too. Mm -hmm. Trusting, yeah, to be open to life, open to unconditional love and just giving myself to life in that way. In a way, it's still a practice, it feels to me. So I wondered that it's for you, it became a destination in a way, Donna, that trust, it's fully there or it's still an ongoing relationship? It is there. I, I definitely trust. Uh, but it also made me a risk taker. Mm, like, yeah. because I yeah. knew that no matter what happened, Now, no matter what happened, I was in a relationship where I knew I was going to be okay, no matter what. And so it made me more myself. So we can trust to come from the heart, right? Because most of us are afraid to get hurt. When you have somebody that's got your back, it's much easier to be able to be yourself. I have too many open questions here for you. How do you define freedom these days? Well, truth sets you free. So for me, it began 
by becoming a seeker. And seeking meant reaching out. And because of my life experience, I was closed. I was so hurt and so rejected that I thought that's where I was always going to stay. But as I began to reach out for help, and it started in reading, that I started to realize that there might be something beyond what my five senses could feel and see and think, and there might be something more. So my journey began with wanting more. That is the point where we're becoming open, right, Donna? That's the beginning of opening the heart, isn't it? Yes, yes, because then you're ready to listen. And listening is everything instead of talking, listening. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I love to talk. <laughs> Listen more. <laughs> That's a good advice. <laughs> a very good one. <laughs> oh, wow. I agree. Most of us believe that talking is the way to communicate something, a message, but listening, it's, it might be the most powerful way of communicating any message, especially those profound messages of spiritual knowledge coming from that place. Yeah, I agree. Let me ask another question about the, uh, yeah, an open question about the purpose of the human experience. What do you think that is? And why is it? Why do we have to be here and go through all these challenging experiences we go through? I often wonder why, because it, it doesn't have to be. Well, I think that we go through our experiences to learn lessons. And if we didn't, We wouldn't know empathy. We wouldn't know love. We wouldn't know receiving. We wouldn't know. It's going, it's going through. It's not just the journey or starting the journey. It's actually what happens when you are journeying that you're learning the lessons of caring for yourself, caring for others learning how to take care of your environment, learning how to take care of your neighbor. Those aren't things that just are, we're, it, we're not like born. And when I think about it, I think uh, animals. Animals are instinctive in what to do. A new baby calf knows instantly to go to mama. A bird will know when it's out of the nest to flap its wings and fly. Those are just things that are in them. But if you left a child alone, and this has been proven, in a crib without love and support and nourishment, that child would die. We don't innately know the things that we need to learn to become fully human beings. So we are here to learn to love. Yes. Unconditionally. Yes. 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 Oh my God, Donna, that is so true. And uh, we often, like now, there's a war happening. Mm -hmm. And we see, I mean, I don't watch TV and I'm not mm -hmm. really in contact with a lot of these current news and everything that happens per mm -hmm. se out there. But uh, it comes to me, of course, because my husband will tell me or somebody will. And then I wonder, like, what is there that I need to see here? What is there to see that I have not yet seen? Coming from that place of spiritual knowledge and from the heart, what is it? 
What sense can we make of this violence that we see around us? Is that something that we still need to change within ourselves? Something that we, perhaps we need to grow even deeper in order for this reality to change as a whole? I think a lot of it comes from choice. What our choices are when we see the worst in people, when we see the best in people, I think choice has, that's a dividing line. Is somebody going to be open to receiving love, to understanding our purpose, to uh, giving, or are they going to remain in just raw human nature and get? And so I think the difference between living a life of giving and a life of getting, getting power, getting money, getting uh, authority, getting, and and the opposite of that being given, giving. So you're either living just with raw human nature or you awaken to what is real. And what is real is already there. You just have not had your eyes open to see it. But if you did, if you open your eyes, you need a different way to live life. I also wonder uh, about that vision that we all have, or some of us have, of seeing this uh, humanity coming together in love and peace one day. Do you have that vision in your mind? Do you think this time will come, or this is something that it lives in our hearts only, and then for some reason, life continues to be this dance of the opposites, dark and light. I believe that there will come a time when there will be the plan that was put in place from the very beginning of creation will be fulfilled and we will return to love, unconditional love. We will return to God. We will return. And he is the one that will make it right. You wrote the book, How the Woman at the Well Became the Well Woman, a memoir of an extraordinary, ordinary life. So talk to me for a moment about the main inspiration, intention, and purpose of writing your book. I wrote my book to be able to help people because my heart really is for people. And I know a lot of times people get stuck, stuck in life. And I wrote my book to give them hope, to believe that there is something beyond just survival. And I also wonder why some of us go through all these challenges in order to love and some of us don't. I mean, I wouldn't say that they already are born here and they already know how to love and they become that amazing person. But there's something about them that's very kind. They don't have to go through all these challenges to learn these lessons. So that's another wonderment of mine. If you could talk to me for a moment about that. In my mind, it's the struggle. It, it makes me think about the butterfly. The butterfly starts out as a caterpillar and it's crawling and it's kind of creepy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, and, but in its transformation, when it is cocooned 
all kinds of things are happening inside that cocoon. And if somebody were to try to open that cocoon for the butterfly, it would die. Because everything that it needs for wings and transformation is in that struggle. And so if, if that wasn't there, the transformation wouldn't be there either. That makes so much sense, yeah, from that point of view, because it has been my experience too. A lot of suffering and challenges mm-hmm. to get to see what I had to see. At yes. this point, that keeps kind of opening up. The path keeps opening. Mm-hmm. It's kind of amazing mm-hmm. how playful it is too, in some ways. <laughs> we don't see the whole picture. It's all about trust. I love that now more than ever. It's kind of amazing how some of us go through challenges in order to transform and learn and trust. Some of us don't. And some of us go through a lot of challenges and don't learn the lessons that we are here to learn. Do you wonder sometimes that this is something that's part of the plan of God, as you say? I think it's a choice, once again. I think that God puts many, many, many experiences and people and life in front of us. And I think we choose, do we want to get beyond this? And the trust issue comes in if you haven't had that as a child. If you don't know that, then it's a little harder, I think, to believe it. And, and, and it takes some work. And a lot of times I think we want pain to end quickly. We, we, we are in a fast world and we want things. We don't want to feel what we need to feel. That was my experience with uh, bad relationships. When I would meet somebody, it felt so good and I wanted to be better. <laughs> I, but pain had many lessons to, to give me. And so, but some of that meant the desert. Some of it meant loneliness. Some of it meant reflection. Some of it meant I had to admit what my part was in all of this. Uh, so I had to kind of see it all in order to get beyond it. And, and I think if the rewards are so great, and that was one of the reasons for my book, it was going through the struggles, the rewards. If I could have seen on my worst day, my today sitting with you, talking like this when I was just ready to give up on everything, that would have been the hope that I needed to get up the next day. A story that gave me the courage that other people got there. It was possible. And that's why I put my story out to help and to heal and to support people who've experienced trauma to motivate change, to give hope so people would know they can be set free and to expose the lies that block healing. What was the most challenging story to tell in your book? I think about my children. That was very hard. And their story isn't my story to tell, but I had to tell as much as I did 
because of the part that they played in my life and keeping me here on earth. I know your book was inspired by the biblical account of the woman mm. at the well. So I would love to hear a bit more about that because I do know that the well represents community. So I love that. Mm. Well, when I read the story right away, it just grabbed me because she was a woman in that time. Women did not travel by themselves. And I had done a lot of traveling alone just from hurt and pain. Uh, so I kind of related from the very beginning. And uh, she was, it was noon, high noon. And that isn't where, when people normally went to a well, they went early in the morning before the scorching sun of the desert got to them. And so that, that was like, that aloneness touched me. And then when she arrived at the well, there was a man there and he was a man and men and women at that time did not converse. It was, she was man, he, he was man, she was woman. They kept their distance. She was also a half breed, a Samaritan woman. And so, and Jews and Samaritans didn't intertwine. So it really got her attention when he talked. And it's the longest conversation that is recorded in the entire Bible between her and the Lord. And so that that conversation, what he was trying to do is draw her out so that he could show her his love. And when the story is that she was married five times and that at the time that she was talking with the Lord, she was living with a man who was not her husband. So I had had many failed relationships and I thought I had had more than anybody I ever knew. And so when I read in the Bible that there was a woman who had gone through so much loss and then as he's telling her what he knows about her, she is astounded and he offers her living water instead of her going to all of these different wells to have her life filled with the needs. And it, he says to her, I know everything about you and I am here. So he was already there. So there was a divine appointment he was waiting for her to come. And that said to me, there is, we all have an, a divine appointment. He is waiting for us to come and that he is the only one able to living water is unconditional love. That was the significance and belonging and acceptance and all of these relationships where she went through so much. And I could just imagine the hurt and the trauma and what she lived through and, and to be so alone in society as well. And then to come and, and there be a place where she could actually, a physical place where she could meet and receive everything that she needed the healing, 
the forgiveness, everything. And it so changed her that she actually became the first woman evangelist ever. And her message went out strong and wide and she changed lives. She changed the world that she was living in. I love this idea, what he just said about this appointment with divinity, with God, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. we all have one mm -hmm. at some point. What a beautiful, not just story, but what a beautiful truth, because it is true. We all do. Even if we lose the body, right, Donna, when we die, I do believe that if it is a belief system, which I don't, I don't think I have one. It's more mm -hmm. trust-based. Mm -hmm. So I think that it seems to me like this journey continues until we get to that appointment, to that point. So nothing's really lost. There's no experiences that's being lost here. There's a purpose for everything in a way. I like to call it a transition, yeah. a transition. Mm, yeah, yeah. And the, the woman at the well actually became a Catholic saint. Her name is Fotini, and her name means the enlightened one. I didn't mm. know that either. Yeah. <laughs> My mother yeah. would like to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell her today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, she's a Catholic. So many precious messages in the Bible. And I have been actually reading with my mother-in-law recently. Oh. We have been doing some studies uh -huh. and talking about, because she's very interested. She's 87. So how amazing that we talk today, because I'll be oh, okay. sharing some of these messages with her too. My mother-in-law. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much, Donna, for being you again, for being open mm. to life, open to God. Thank you. Thank you. And let's see, um, I do have a few more questions for you. Those are the ending questions. But before that, I would like to mention a video that you have on your website. It's a beautiful poem that you recite. I am from. Yes. Beautiful poem. Mm. I love your presence. I want to say that again in this reality mm. and how open you are to unconditional love and the work you're doing. Thank you for being you again. Thank you. So before I ask you these final questions, would you like to add anything else or read a passage in your book? Well, I would love to read the poem. Yes, please. <laughs> yes. Good. Yeah. Okay. This is I am from. I am from dichotomy. I am from the womb of a wounded woman, her pain delivered from mother to child. I am from rejection and acceptance foster care and finding a forever home, lost and found. I am from divorce and happily married happily ever after. I am from prison and freedom, poverty and king's palaces. I am from travel, rough roads, rocky roads, dead end roads, roads under construction, yellow brick roads and take me home, country roads. I am from Elvis's swaying hips and a mother's morning lips. I am from sugar sandwiches and filet mignon. I am from pulling a little red wagon and flying in a first class cabin. I am from false religion and amazing grace. I am from black and blue and healthy boundaries. I am from cancer and vibrant health. I am from new beginnings. I am from gratitude, and I am from, it is all, grace. Yes, that 
trillion times to that. Thank you again for reciting this beautiful poem. Before we say goodbye, I do have another question for you. What three experiences you wish everyone to have before they transition? To know true love, to know that you belong here, and to know your true identity. Yes. Thank you so much again for your presence, for the work you do, for divine wisdom that you're open to let it flow through you. Thank you so much for having me. And before we end the conversation, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? So my book is on Amazon. It is both in paper and in electronic. And my website is www.onewellwoman.com. And one is O-N-E, onewellwoman.com. And there you can purchase a book. You can get an autographed copy from me and free shipping. And it also has a lot of information about me and what I do and what I'm going to be doing in the future. Wonderful. And I'll have the link on your podcast profile too. So listeners can just click and then they'll they'll get there really quick. Wonderful. Thank you again, Donna. And we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Donna Rhodes and her work, please visit onewellwoman.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.